Hello and welcome to the Big M Heath podcast. It's myself, Alex, and I'm joined with Mark and Faith. How are you both? Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, Week nine of lockdown. <laughs> um, so the topic today, I think it's episode nine. I might be wrong. It might be episode eight. Um, but this topic is about addiction, uh, which I know um, you both have a very vast way, you know, um, experience maybe wisdom, um, but also different standpoints on it. Um, so really, I just want to talk about one, the sense of the term addiction and what it means to the, the peer of you really. Um, speaking from a, an aspiring healthcare professional's point of view, um, we, we talk about dark occupations and addiction can fall in dark occupations. And what we're sort of saying dark occupation means is something that's fulfilled as an occupation, something that you want to do, um, but necessary society looks at it in a dark way, such as drugs, alcohol, um, those sort of variety of occupations really. Um, and you guys will tell me, I suppose, more about this, but addiction can be, I suppose, a positive and a negative in a way, you know, in the social aspects that you get. What what do you both think about it? Um, Addiction's a bit. Yeah, it is. I'll throw something in here now, right? Because my belief, well, I say I do believe because I believe behind every addiction, there's an emotion that hasn't been healed or hasn't been addressed. So that's my um, take on addiction. Um, I don't know everything about every addiction, but I've got a little knowledge on a few addictions, so to speak. Mm. Um, and I just think addiction is something that you can't control because people will say, um, oh, surely you can just give it up. And I'll just go back to me. You know, I used to smoke uh, cigarettes uh, for years and years, give up when I got pregnant to my first daughter. And I, I was never a heavy smoker, 10 a day, if that, but that is an addiction. And then when I had a conversation with somebody, um, nicotine is probably one of the worst. Yet it is. But having a cigarette is not seen as anything really bad in society, you know, a cigarette. But then the other end of the scale then is obviously have a cigarette, then it can lead to any other addictions. So then are you relying on that addiction for that moment of pleasure mm. that you take your mind off something else? You know, and that's really like that, because that's just a cigarette. But then obviously I know myself, um, I'll talk quite openly about things now because I've, you know, I just don't give a shit anymore. Sorry guys. Um, but alcohol, you know, I'm going through a real tough time in my life at the moment and I know I cannot drink alcohol um, because I, I can't have that happy medium. I can't have a few drinks and then just stop. I've got to have a shitload and then it blocks out the emotions rather than addressing them. So I just think that not having a drink is best for me. So I'm either on low alcohol or alcohol free. And then somebody made a comment about it not so long back about me drinking non-alcoholic beer. And I was like, well, it tastes like alcohol to me or I'm not going to get the effect of getting pissed and shit-faced. But you know what? If it keeps me sane and I can live a good lifestyle, a balanced lifestyle, then so be it. Um, that person I didn't, um, I didn't obviously, oh, I don't know. I don't like confrontation guys, I really don't. But I wish I'd said something. You know, after you think, oh, I wish I'd asked them that. But I didn't because I didn't want confrontation in case they come back with something 
something else completely. Yeah. So, you know, cigarettes and alcohol, then obviously drugs, you know, again, there's emotions behind it all. But recreationally then, you know, I took drugs and I'll happily say I was in the 90s. I left my house music. You know, I went to like um, raves and everything. They were not, you know, they were illegal. Um, I did all that. And then I think not for a minute would I take all that away from my life because that's given me wisdom, it's given me knowledge, it's given me lots of things, positivity as much as negativity. Mm. So, but I do believe then um, I didn't go as far as the real, you know, the class A's, so to speak. Um, so it's talking about things like that and thinking if I had done, I don't know, I was offered not to say, um, and if you're in that environment, you get the peer pressure. It doesn't matter. Age is irrelevant when it comes to addiction. Uh, peer pressure. Oh, go on, have one. Have one. Oh, yeah, go on, you can have one. But that one then leads to two, three. Mm. And before you know it, you're hooked. So addiction to me is a massive um, thing. I got to, I got, I'm really passionate about addiction because I know that it hides emotions and those emotions need to be addressed quite early on. What do you think? I don't know. Pardon? What do you think? Addiction doesn't care who you are, what you are, what you got, what you haven't got. If it wants you, it'll bloody well have you. Um, mm. I had I had two addictions, drugs and alcohol. But thankfully now I'm almost three years clean of drugs and almost five years clean of, uh, of alcohol. But alcohol was my main drug. Mm. Um yeah, it can. Addiction can fuck you up, basically. You know, there's no point in sugarcoating it. Addiction can fuck you up, and, and it did me. It was, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't doing me no good. I, you know, I thought it was helping, and like, you know, stupidly, but I was, you know, I was hiding. I was hiding away from dealing with what was going on. Yeah. Um. You know when. In you know, in hindsight, I was wrong. You know, and I'll hold my hands up. You know, I was I was wrong in choose. I cho I chose the path to go down addiction because it was easier. Um, but my, you know, my problems were still there. I was you know, it didn't, it didn't matter how many bottles of vodka I drank or or how many joints I smoked or what have you. Yeah, the fucking problem was still there. You know, I as you know, as Faith just said about addressing it, I wasn't willing to address it. I didn't want to address it. I was scared. I was scared of addressing it. Um, and you know, like as, as you know, uh, you've seen Alex, the uh, an interview I did with uh, David Cottrell. You know, if 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 I'm honest with myself, I was petrified of dealing with with my problems, dealing with my shit. I didn't think I was strong enough to do it. Um, but you know, I bit the bullet, so to speak, and you know, I'm glad I did, and you know, I'm better for not having an addiction. You know, but but saying that, the addiction that I had, or the addictions I had, have made me the person I am today. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, completely. Yeah, and you know, and going back to what uh, Faith was saying about you know back, and I can remember them days. You know, it, it, it was a part of growing up. Yes, you know, they your life mark, and they yeah. Yeah, that's how our generation grew up. You know, yeah. generations previous, 
a different, you know, a, di- a different journey, if you like. Yeah. You know, back in the sixties and what have you, seventies, heroin, LSD, and 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 the like. Yeah. And you know, it's a part of the growing up. You could you can either um, succumb to it, or you can be successful and lead your life away from that. You know, because of yeah, that's the life experience that I've been through. Either A, okay, yeah, I didn't like that, so I'm gonna be it away, or B, I love this fucking life. And and, and you know, you you don't spiral into into a life of addiction. Yeah. So I was about to say, like, looking at my generation, you know, the massively, I suppose, addiction is erosion around technology. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, you can see the changes. In, don't, get me, don't get me wrong, drugs, alcohol, smoking is still there. But there's a change in uh, people again. Yeah. And, and people again addicted to video games. People again addicted to Minecraft. People again. Do you, and what I mean is there's, there's a different form of, I suppose, not necessarily dark occupations, as I say, of my profession, but more so that they've been addicted in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. or can't release it, and that's the point you're making. They can't let go, or they can't. They don't feel they can let go. And you made an interesting point, Mark, uh, and Dave, um, about the aspect of when I, I I've spoken to people in the past, and I said, "Oh, you've got a lot of wisdom." And one person, a couple of people, have said to me, "I'm got wisdom." They don't see it as wisdom; they just see it as life experience. They see it as mm. um, that um, they've lived through it, and this is the outset they've seen from from it. Um, well, you have said to me, I got wisdom. I have said to you, and you were one of the people who told me about life experience. <laughs> but, <Sorry, Alex. laughs> but what I want to say is, how, at what point did you guys? Uh, this is a, and this is a sensitive topic. You can say no, you're not going to discuss it. But at what point did you guys, you know, for, for faith, smoking, but for yourself, Mark, you know, maybe drinking. At what point did you think? This is it. Was it was it external support? Was it within yourself? That's what I'm trying to get at. You know what what mine yeah. with the with regards to the drink, mine was trying to kill myself right. the day after my fortieth birthday. And and you know, that was it. I I didn't want I didn't want to be in a life of addiction. Um uh, with alcohol. Um but I was still smoking I was still smoking spice. Um, that was my drug of choice at the time. Um, but when 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 I was in in in, in jail, uh, through you know through probation, uh, it was it was arranged for a lady called Charlotte to come and see me from the bridge program. And when it was suggested to me, I was like, I was like, nah, I'm not fucking doing that. You know, another bloody course. No, you can bugger bugger off. But I listened to what she said, and she sold it to me straight away. And, you know, that was oof, just over three years ago now, and I'm still on the program now. And, it, you know, it's one of the best things I ever did. So that was the, um, so if you like, I got a negative, um, a negative reason for giving, giving up the drink, i.e. trying to commit suicide. And with the, with the spice, it's, um, a positive, um, positive reason because I had support. Yeah. And you know, if in 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 if I search deep down, I wanted it. I I you know I didn't want my life to be 
ruled by drugs or alcohol. I wanted to, you know, I, I am, I probably am lived a normal life, if you like. Oh, 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 let me say, let me rephrase that: a non-addictive life from the age of eighteen. Um, you know, I'm I'm twenty-one again now, <clears throat> thanks to. And and I'm 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 fucking loving life, you know. You know, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. Um, but would I have, you know, if I could have had my life wrong, would I have chosen a different life? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be the person I am today. Yeah. And and that's, oh. what, and, and that's what I was going to say before I go to faith. Is sometimes it is that external support, and maybe we might go on to that now in a minute. But um, you both probably ready to willing to accept it, you know, in the sense of the people might give you their hand and say, "Come on, let's let's do this together," or "Let's try and do yeah. it we can together." Yeah. But like you yeah, said, I think yeah, I think the biggest thing for any addict is realizing or accepting they have got a problem mm-hmm. and wanting to change. Yeah. Um. Because once you've admitted that, yeah, I've got a problem, <coughs> things will start falling into place. Because you go looking for, um, say, AA or the living room in uh, in Cardiff or you know the bridge bridge program that I'm on or any other agency, and you start. It, don't get me wrong; it's not easy, but you you know you start feeling. I'm speaking from my own personal uh, point of view. I started feeling better in my life. I started feeling better about myself. I started to like myself again. And, you know, it's, it, it is hard and it's a slow, slow journey, but it's gradual. I'm still on my journey now. So like I said, I'm only, you know, almost five years sober, but every day is a part of my journey to, to full sobriety. Yeah. You have to think about that every day then though, Mark, about not having an alcoholic drink every day. I say to myself in the morning when I wake up. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to have a drink today. And okay. at night, just, just before I get my head yeah, down, I'll say, well done, you haven't had a drink today. Well done. Because well done. Um, again, obviously, addiction for me again, right? Um, I'll just throw a span in the works. I've got a very addictive personality. So whatever I do, I do a um, 100 miles an hour. So my fitness, which I got into at my deepest, darkest moment, as you guys know, um, although it was just running for me, but I needed to enter a competition. And I started off the 5K, 10K. Yeah, I did do the half marathon eventually. But for me, with addiction, it's my personality. So I have to do everything to the, the full extent. So even when it was smoking cigarettes, I'd smoke, you know, um, having a drink. And I was saying, I, you know, I'm going through quite a tough time in my life at the moment. So I cannot drink loads so I know I cannot get shit faced um and even back in the day when I, I I was never classed as an addict so I but I knew I could easily get addicted to anything um I liked that buzz that you had even when the first drive of a fag you know that's amazing that first drink you know of wine you get that little buzz um so those moments then but how far do you go until you think well, I'm in a second now do I get totally you know, wasted and not remember the day. And it's like when I'm in dinner and having one glass of wine, you're going to have two, right? Okay, I have two. Do I need a third? I then have to have an argument in my head then. Well, first, you need three, you just have two. You know, you have one with your main course, one with your dessert or starter or whatever it may be, whatever. Could be a kebab, do you know what I mean? And I want to, you know, kind of lago my kebab, do you know what I mean? 
you know, I can do both ends of scales, guys. Um, I love kebab. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's how you get that balance right. So for me now, um, you know, addiction does hide emotions and it did for me. I didn't want to face the shit that I went through in my life. Um, but I did deal with it with lots of um, outside bodies, um, you know, professional help. I also did a lot of work myself because I think I'm a true believer um, I don't know whether you guys agree on this, but you can get all the help in the world, right? Literally, you can get everybody. But until you accept that you have gone addiction or you have got a problem, nobody in the world can help you. You know, you have to say, yeah, okay, I need interaction here or I need... But I know now where I am and what I can do and what I can't do. So I would never pick up another fag, given a cigarette for about 17 years. Um, although I did do a bit of social smoking, I'd have, but then I found I was having a drink to have a fag or having a fag to have a drink. I don't know. Even to this day, I don't know what I was doing. So, so it just goes to show that, you know, addiction is, is mad. And for me now, it's my sport. You know, I can't, I say that in lockdown, it's been completely different because my brain is fried. Um, but for me, having exercise every day is a mess, whether it's a run, a walk, it could be anything. Um, but for me, again, that can be an addiction. Food can be an addiction. Whether you don't eat or you know, the, it's such. And like I say, technology, Alex, that's a massive addiction. There's so many addictions out there at the moment. Um, and, and I would imagine loads of other people could obviously bring loads to this table, this conversation today about addiction. Because I've read, I've read like Russell Brand. Um, he was a sex addict, you know, um, massive sex addict. Um, so there's is different things, and he had, um, I don't know, he got mentors for every part of his life, for his food, his alcohol, his drugs, his sex, his relationship, you know, he got about six mentors for each different thing in his life, because mm. he really doesn't know, and even to this day, in his current um, podcast, he can't live without guidance on any particular thing in his life, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. So really, if you think about it, it's quite a complex issue, I think, fiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot deeper than what we think. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about in the profession, um, intrinsic and intrinsic motivators. And what basically that means is there's always an external factor. There's always something outside of you driving that motivation. Um, and there's also something inside of you driving that motivation. And what I was going to say was... Um, the biggest part for you, to, well, not just you two, but with addiction in sense, the extrinsic stuff, I suppose, could have been, I don't know, social interaction, um, or like you said, peer pressuring, you know, of fitting in the group that you're in, extrinsically yeah. describing it. And this, like, again, is a sensitive topic, a sensitive discussion. What was inside of you that was saying... I want, I want to drink, I want to smoke, I want to do this sort of thing? Or was it more so those extrinsic motivators that were dragging you and the intrinsic was the one that was getting you out from it? You know, that's what I'm trying to get at. My internal thought is this is easier to deal with. Yeah. You know, and I, don't want, I don't want to deal with that issue. I don't want to deal with that issue. I said, well, I'll go and have a drink or I'll go and have a joint. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you like... Negative thoughts were driving, was driving my addiction. Yeah, what were you saying? I think it's a bit of both there, right? Because it's um, um, I can talk from personal experience, but other stuff that I've read. So, um, mm. obviously, taking drugs um gives you confidence in a social 
um, um, environment. Um, so I socialise with um, different people and people do it for different reasons. It's not just trauma-based addiction, it's not. It can be anything as well, although I do think there's emotion behind every addiction, I don't know. But do other people look at it um, that way, Alex? I don't know. Um, but for me, it was probably a bit of both, um, not addressing the issues and obviously having whatever, you know, I was having at the time, a drink or whatever. Um, it just, um, it takes your mind off it. So kind of like um, you drown in the, the emotion with something that makes you numb yeah. to probably a certain extent, I would say. So you're numbing your brain. Um, so you're switching that, well, perceptor off in the brain. So you haven't got to address it. But then the following day, then it just comes back you, you know, at you like 100 miles an hour because then you've got to deal with, all right, I've had too much to drink and I've had this and I've had that. So the following day then, and that's why I think I used to do, I used to reflect more, I think, and I still do it now. Um, I think beyond having a drink now, whereas before I wouldn't think beyond the moment, I just drink and have a good gallon or whatever, a bottle of wine, two bottles of wine, and I wouldn't think the day after or the week after. And I know people who drink, you know, and, and it's, it's social, it's a normal thing to do. But that hangover is horrendous, you know, hangovers are not good, especially when you're older. Um, and I think you tend to not be able to concentrate as much. You haven't slept properly because obviously alcohol disturbs your sleep, so you're sleep deprived. So all those contributing factors then just magnify the situation massively. So yeah. you've got a hangover and you still got all that shit to deal with and you can't deal with it all because it's just too overwhelming. So that's when you have your down moments. You think, all right, I'll have another drink. Or do you think, okay, I'll sleep it off. Yeah, it's a bit of both for me, Alex. It's, in, it's external and internal factors there for me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's such an interesting, you know, from my point of view, like I said before, like my um, generation, my personal experience of it, um, I don't know, it, it comes to the point where I've, I've said before, um, necessarily like uh, video gaming can be an addiction. I know, um, oh, I, I can give an example, I suppose, of this. Um, when I was younger, I had a 50cc bike, you know, um, that was before I passed my driving test at 17, so I was only 16. Um, only last week then. Huh? Only last week then. Yeah, not long, not long ago. <laughs> <Baby> picture. <laughs> I was lucky I could get on with it, Mark. How short I am. I had to jump onto the bloody thing. Um, <laughs> but I had, at that age, um, exams, different things. I should have really been prioritising. And I know now later on in my life, like I had dyslexia, those sort of things like learning impairment as impacting my learning. Um, but I would go out on my 50 cc bike with my mates and I wouldn't be complex by it. I wouldn't um, have any remorse until my mum would ring me and say, oh, I'm on my way, my, I'm on my way home from work. Um, how did your math test go? Or how did your, um, have you done revision today? And I would panic. Because obviously I knew deep down that wasn't the right thing to do was go out on the bike. And what I meant by that is extrinsically I was being motivated by what my parents thought in a sense of I need to do well for them. But then as I got older and a bit more wiser, intrinsically I was saying, actually, no, I care about other people. I want to get to a career that achieves that. But we, both, we all know that actually a lot of the time um, it, it doesn't stop at school. I know that now. 
at 16, I didn't. I thought, oh my God, my life's going to fall apart now because I haven't done necessary research or whatever. Um, but there's always, a, when there's a will, there's a way. Um, and certainly that can drive you forward. And it's just those sort of things that um, we overlook, I suppose, in ways and making sure that we just uncover, like you said, the trauma that sometimes someone goes through and pick that and just make sure that actually that individual is ready to discuss those those thoughts, those issues, those those difficulties they've gone through in life. Because like you said before, Mark, you know, you've had people that come up to you and say, oh, I really want to help you. And you think, well, what's in it for you? You know, yeah. and now you know, and, and same for you, Faith, you probably had that as well, that, that guard up of actually, I, I've trusted people before and, you know, it's, it's not always gone my way. Um, but hopefully, like you say, we can portray that with healthcare, hopefully, like you said, guys said before, mental health is living with it. And um, these people can actually understand that and actually just help you step by step build as much as you want, as far as you want to go, really. Um, and things are changing. Sorry to interrupt you there, Alex. So I'm involved with a company that's based in Cardiff mm. and they do a lot of mental health trauma based. Um, and what they try to do, because obviously um, they did a counselling service. Um, um, and if you want counselling with them, it's like six or 12 weeks, depending um, on the severity of the counselling or whether you've been to GP first or your first protocol. Or, and I think it was mainly the younger generation they were looking at, because obviously, like, you know, the younger you deal with something or the earlier the intervention you get, obviously, the, you know, the less impact you may have on later in life. Um, and they've set, set something up now, which I think is absolutely amazing. So I'm quite happy to get involved with them. Hopefully after lockdown, I'll be back there in person. I think we'll be all on Zoom, like everybody in the world, I think. Um, but they've set up something now. So they've actually got, um, they, they've, they feet into the high schools and into the, I think it's year six in primary. They were just about to get in there. And I think that was quite good for them to get in quite early. But what it is, I think, with society is that we like, we're afraid to talk about certain subjects. It's like sex, you know. Everybody does it. We're born through conception, you know. You know, that egg and sperm meat. Why can't we talk about these things? What What is it with society? And it's Brits, it is. We just can't. Or is it Brits? I don't know. Perhaps I'm not saying that. But why can't we just talk about addiction and, and you know, because it's society. What is what, it's that jigsaw piece that makes us all different or the same or unique or... You know, I can't see why everything is not talked about. And, you know, for my era, and Mark will agree, hopefully, I don't know whether Mark you will, but if it was talked about quite early on or there was some intervention, it, you know, but like I said, I wouldn't change my life. You know, it, it, things went on. I couldn't control some things. And if I could control it, it was through, obviously, drugs and alcohol. Um, but I think the earlier the intervention is made, um, it can have an impact on somebody's life. I do believe that. Um, and I'm sure there's obviously reports out there or studies, um, Alex, Mark, just, you know, to back this up. Mm. Um, and, and, and again, I worry about, obviously, with mental health more so, it being mental health week this week, and also with lockdown, because I'm more worried. Um, I've got two teenage daughters, right? And they've been given all this schoolwork to do. Great, okay, they're gonna miss all these weeks of school. But then again, I'm quite passionate about wellbeing. And I just think being socially away from your teachers, your children, your family for nearly 10 weeks is a long time. It's going to have a massive impact. And I think it's really important to look at it in lockdown and being, you know, not socially involved with people. It's okay picking up the telephone because we're used to that anyway. And we used to do it FaceTime. You know, my kids FaceTime regularly and I do. 
because obviously my sister lives away. I've got friends not in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think seeing people then, it does link up with mental health and addiction because obviously you're feeling low, you're feeling vulnerable. And I think anybody else who has gone down that path of addiction will have those little thoughts thinking, okay, yeah, you know, one drink, one hurt. Or, so it's having that willpower to say, no, it's not going to fix anything. And again, that's an emotion, thinking, okay, if I ever drink, I'll feel better. Or if I ever smoke, I'll feel better. Do you agree with that, Mark? Yeah, definitely. It's like, you, you, know, you, know, you know, to take you back again, when you were saying about the, non, uh, the alcohol-free uh, stuff. No, yeah. I tried that. And I, I, I just, it didn't agree with me because I had the taste and I wanted a proper, you know, I wanted to go and have a proper alcoholic drink. So, you know, that that's, that, that wasn't an option for me. But, I, you yeah. know, I, 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 go, I go to a club and, you know, I'm quite happy sit, drinking uh, J2O or, or lemonade or whatever. You know, having alcohol around me doesn't bother me. You know, it's not, you know, I'm not like... I don't like to see somebody on a pint and think, oh, yeah, I could do one of them. You know, it just, it, it, it doesn't affect me anymore. And I think that's each to their own as well, because I think other people would have, um, there's so many different opinions on it, isn't there? Because like I said, I can go out and, uh, and sometimes even if I go out with my daughters and we have a meal, I may not have a glass of wine, I'll have a pint of Coke, you know, or a pint of Tango or Fanta or whatever. It's yeah. um, knowing, for me, it's knowing right, you've had enough, have three drinks and, and call it a day. You know, especially if I go through a hard time and lockdown for, you know, for everybody on the planet at the moment is a hard time. And it, and if they've, you know, you know, forced an addiction or if they're in the middle of one or if they've got one creeping up, because again, there's different stages of addiction. And I don't know whether you, Mark, whether you knew we were in the midst of it or in the beginning. Obviously, we know women at the end. Um, or do we? I don't know. Because then obviously it can creep back up again. You know, it's quite a bizarre topic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's like I said, addiction will have you regardless of who you are, what you got, what you haven't got. It's um, same, as, same as mental health. Um, if it wants you, it'll have you. Like, so. But, you know, there needs to be more um, awareness made of mental health uh, you know there is there is quite a bit about you know uh, addictions and all that but me personally i still don't think it's enough it you know more, the more awareness of um agencies that can help and and what have you then you know the, the better um you know it's not like i said it'll, it'll affect everyone and you know i know someone who you know, you know, professional sportsmen who are the, who are the you know who had an addiction, who's got an addiction, and it's not just um, Joe Public, if you like. It's it affects everyone, and not just the person who has got the addiction. It affects their whole family and friends, their whole whole social circle. Um, and yeah, this. It, there needs to be more uh, more awareness made, I, I reckon. I think I think you're right. I think you know. I think it wouldn't do any harm, would it? Having more and more resources, having more. Um, I know we've we've talked about it before. Um, like School of Hard Knocks have been a, a, an invaluable 
a resource of recent times, not just for you know males, but also females as well, incorporating physical sport with mental health. And I know that um, David Cottrell's got a massive input with regards to the FEW and those sort of strings and trying to get the concept of sport and involvement. And you know more about that, Mark, than myself probably. But, you know, we always said, and for, I, I can link with faith in the sense of mental health and running. Um, running has always been a saviour for me in the sense of just even thinking through little little issues in reality. Um, and I think, you know, the endorphins you get, one, yes, is brilliant. But two, it just gives you that process and that ability to to have a clear head. I know we use that term loosely, but clear head is your thoughts are running freely. You can compile it together and then make sense of all of that information that you've got in this in the noggin, you know, and uh, it's implied, you know, putting all that together and then putting it forward. Yeah, and I suppose you've got to get a sense of achievement as well. You know, like uh, with Faye, um, Faith, when she'd done the Cardiff half, she ran right past me, she ignored me, <laughs> but I know she had a great sense I of I didn't mean to, Mark. I would never run straight past you ever. <laughs> no. But, you know, I was saying you had a great sense of achievement because you set yourself a goal of doing doing the, the yeah. Cardiff half and you completed it. I never thought I would, though. Never, ever. And that's up there with one of my... I know we've discussed it before, guys, you know, I was up there with the top 10 moments in my life, like, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I do it again, um, whether I'll go ahead this year, I don't know. I'm not trained enough anyway. Um, <laughs> but do you know another thing I'll throw in now, right, only just to get your view, because I, I thought about, like, addictions, and obviously, you know, you know I read a lot. Um, it's replacing that feeling you have. So um, by getting, you know, drunk or high on drugs or whatever it is. So that feeling that you do remember having, how do you replace that feeling with something positive, right? Because like you said, um, Alex, about going running, you release endorphins and you get a natural high, you know, the chemicals, you feel, you're feeling great. But it's nothing like um, getting totally drunk, is there? There's, there's no comparison there, or is there? I don't know. Can we have some views yeah. on that? Yeah, um, I think a personal view of mine um, is uh, like you've said, the emotional aspect doesn't go in a way. Um, what I mean by that is um, I can link it to maybe, um, have, say, having a drink. And um, I've many of times in my life got absolutely uh, uh, in a shape, you know, <laughs> from, from drinking. However, um, yes, it gives you Dutch courage or whatever. It gives you that self-esteem building. Um, but afterwards i'm still the same person i still have that same emotion that probably drawn me to that point of drinking um do i feel any better afterwards the argument is uh, debatable isn't it you know and i think uh, like my point of view of the aspect of that emotional aspect you know that you get from a link of an addiction um and i think you said it before is unpicking it you know, it's got to be unpicked. It's got to be, mm. or it's got to be, you know, like for running the, pr the problem, like for me, like I speak from a university point of view, like doing a lot of assignments and different things, you'll hit a, a, a mind block. You will, you'll think, am I writing, am I going over the same stuff here? And I'm taking good stuff out. Am I taking bad stuff out? I don't know. So I then go for a run because it gives me that ability to think again. Um, and that's what I think is from the, 
running in my point of view is it gives me that clear thought pattern doesn't change the emotions doesn't change the anger that i still have maybe from that essay or that uh, powerpoint or whatever i'm doing um, but it gives me that clear thought pattern you know and that's what i i think mainly we're trying to get at. but i know what you mean i know what you're trying to say is like the emotional aspect does it drive you towards it or does it drive you away from it yeah that's an argument to have. Because even though, like, you have an addiction, you know, and Mark, I don't know whether you agree on this, you know, you don't enjoy the addiction, but you enjoy the um, the moments that you're there. Mark, would you agree with that? Definitely. You, yeah? Yeah, definitely. You know, you enjoy, it's like with me, I, I used to enjoy getting pissed or I used to enjoy getting stoned. And, yeah. But, you know, it's... You know, like, you know, like you just said, you don't enjoy being addicted, but you enjoy the moment. And that's where I think probably then you can say that it's taken hold of you, whereas we choose to go running. Alex, obviously we choose to go running. All right, I can choose to have a drink, but then it's when the control is taken out of your hands that you have to have a drink and you can't survive a day or an hour or a minute without a drink or without um, drugs or whatever. That's when the fine line then becomes you are an addict and obviously the choice is taken away from you because you can't survive without that. Um, that's what I, I struggle with, like trying to uh, decompartmentalize or whatever, you know, with them all and trying to figure it all out. Because how do you then become an addict and just say, right, okay, no, because I've not got that far, but I could easily become that, you know? And I've just thought, no, I can't, you know, something's obviously clicked. I, no, I think, I think in a way, like this has become a bit of a debate, but I think in a way, prevention is better than cure you know and um and what i mean is people will argue and mark maybe you know add to this point they'll say to you just take away alcohol completely from them or just take away the cigarettes from them take away the drug drugs from them is that necessarily the answer that, that's that's the wrong thing to do <laughs> you take alcohol away from an alcoholic like that they'll get ill yeah it's got a good you know the, it's like with medication you've got to slowly be weaned off you know in my case the booth slowly wean wean it off you know what i mean and and same with drugs you, you know it's very 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 fucking dangerous to just yeah it's, it's like it's like taking fresh air away from taking fresh air away from you yeah. straight away you know with nah it's, it is it's dangerous mm. and yeah you know and that's, i suppose maybe I didn't make myself very clear about it but I know what you mean in the sense of um, okay spin it on his head what people might say is like say about drinking and that's what I'm trying to get um, yeah. is say say they've stopped drinking for a while um, or they stopped drinking for I say a couple of days and then someone will say you, you cannot go back to drink you cannot do the X Y and Z you cannot do this I'm not saying, but you know, but what I'm saying is, is that right? And I want to get it from a personal point of view. Is that right to I, say to somebody you cannot do those things? If somebody was, if somebody was to say that to me, back, you know, back when I was trying to come off, you know, my response would be, who the fuck do you think you are? If I want to drink, I'll have a fucking drink. Simple as that. Um, but I, I can see your point. And, 
It could be positive, but it could also be negative. It could fall either side of the fence. Yeah, I was about to say, what, what dragged you out of it then, Mark? What, what not dragged you out of it? What, what, what stopped you from drinking? What, what, I know you... you, I you myself. Yeah, you said about this, this, the attempt of that. What, but then you, you, you know that, that happened. I know you said about reinforced glass. That stopped it. Yeah. The day after, what was it that went... Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Is I know the event that caused that that made you stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't want to be. I didn't want to live a life of addiction. Right. Because, you know, for it to get to to take me to the point of where you know I tried tried to commit suicide. You know, the something in my head was saying, surely there's more to life than this, and and then you know I think that 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 was where. I was like, yeah, it is. And I'm going to grab, you know, I'm going to go out and grab, grab it by the balls yeah. and, and live my life. And, you know, I failed in a lot of things in my life, which, which I regret. But there's one thing I, I'm glad I did fail at, and that was, uh, was uh, the suicide attempt back in 2015. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be here not speaking to you. I was I was about to say, you know, from my point of view, the peer review, I've, I've said before, and I keep saying it to the day I, take my last breath it's a privilege to know the peer review because mm-hmm. it's not just about and i've said it before the name mental health it's not just saying you've had it but you've lived with it and you go in you live with it every day and like you say the addiction part of it is just one step of the stepping stones that you go through you know and um what you both have done is gradually get through it and like you say, it's all external support that's been out there. Um, I know you both do peer mentoring now, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, I can't wait to get back to it. I know. Yeah, I, know. I know. I can only, I can only say on part of planet Earth, we can only apologise that it's stopped you guys <laughs> from doing your peer mentoring. But that's what I mean. But what you guys have done so well is, is not just the fact of you know, this major milestone of your, your you know, your, the podcast that you, you, you've been part of and started, you've provided wisdom and guidance for other people to think, actually, there is, there is life after the point of addiction, you know, mm. and how you... And also, them. oh, go on, sorry, Alex. Oh. I was going to say there's, um, um, Mark will agree on this as well, hopefully, um, there's certain uh, coping strategies that you go through when you've um, relied on like other things to get you through the day. So in lockdown, I don't know about you, Mark, that you've used some of your coping strategies to get through lockdown that you've had to use prior, you know, in different parts of your life where it's been not so good, because I know I have. And I've been doing a lot. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of self-talk. Yeah, same um, and, you know, even though my main routine has gone, you know, has gone to part, I've adapted a new, another routine. So I've still got a bit of routine in my day. So I um, think you're adaptable to different, um, and like you said, experience factors we can't control, Mark, but we've adapted to it. And I, yeah. I do think that's down to, like, the lives that we've led that have made us more adaptable perhaps I, I don't know i may be wrong but i think it's helped me you know? no 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 you're, you're you're exactly you know exactly right there um but yeah you know it's that word you just said adapt we adapt to what's the situations around us yeah i think that's right and i think you've done it 
you know, from the short period of guys that I've known you, you know, that you've, that you've done that adaption. And it's, it's portraying that to other people that there is a point that you can adapt. You know, you can, and there's got to be the right point. You know, I remember guys when I first met you. Um, and I use my our personal example whilst I was on placement. And the first week you couldn't get, well, but you got my name out of me, didn't you? My profession, but that was about it. Yeah, you were quiet, yeah, darling. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but we yeah. only got that. Yeah, we only got that because Sarah told us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I to be fair, I still can't get a word in with Sarah anyway. So no one can. <laughs> <laughs> but as people get a bit fonder, you've probably seen it, guys, from the new people that come into your groups, the peer mentoring that you do. People that are very the sh- maybe a shadow on themselves now. You know, you think that bloody hell where did this come from but it's because you have that level of support you have the foundation blocks there to say look i've got two people here right in front of me that have done it and they will help you they will guide you every step of the way and then when you've when you're strong enough you'll be on your own and you'll become in their footsteps um you know it's an analogy that we always use is that you follow someone's bigger feet as a child than you you know on the sand beach um and you try and idolize yourself on your parents because that's all you've got as you know you grow up as and you you say what's right and what's wrong um and as you expand your social circle like we said before um sometimes you can sometimes go into dark occupations but you two are living proof that it can it can be moved on and and you know i know you both have done so well considering the, the facts of what's been happening so yeah Big, obviously, big pats to you guys. So, what you know, thinking going forward for you, Pay now, and thinking for other people that's going to be listening to this podcast, any advice you give them? Don't give up. Yeah, I think. You know, uh, yeah, it is really hard. I'm not saying I've had really good days. I've had really bad days, but I think everybody would have had those anyway. Um, it's just waking up with no expectations on the day. Yeah, and you know, like today i woke up um i haven't done exercise much this week only because i've been busy with other stuff and i knew i did like um do, i obviously because i'm second house i still gotta cook i still gotta clean i still gotta look after kids i still gotta try and get in these calls i've had a few zoom calls um and then i had the stuff to do with some paperwork to do so i have no expectations of the day but i did wake up thinking i need you to do something a bit more um productive so i did do a, a workout which was harder than i thought 30 minutes so i did it all which was fine and then i thought oh, i fancy something nice to eat so i walked to the local shop and got some nice food for later because i'm fed up of cooking and eating the same food it's just ridiculous and then i thought oh, so we got this podcast then so um but i'm gonna sit in the garden then after so it's not like a massive productive day but i've kind of got some structure to it i don't do it every day probably every couple of days i think right okay i need a structure but then I don't put too much pressure on myself. Don't think that you're going to get up and do this, that, and God knows what, because then that's when it'll just collapse. Because the minute you, you set yourself, it's like we talked about before, Mark, I think, Alex, we've mentioned it, it's having those baby steps. And, you know, every day now, just do something little. I'm going to probably finish a book I've been reading um, today because it's gripped me. Um, I got, I got to read it. Sorry, that's me because it's only a little book, but it's really insightful. It's really informative, and I know that the information in there I'll gain, but I'll also pass it to other people. And it's about life and death. You know, a simple life is you know life is life, death is death. Um, quite a parrot in COVID nineteen to read a book like that. I know, but that's me. <laughs> 
yeah. But yeah, I'll finish my books this afternoon. So, and then, yeah, I'll just binge on Netflix then from eight o'clock <laughs> till midnight. Yeah. I was going to say, because we, you know, I'm throwing a lot of terms in now, but like occupational balance is really important. Routines are very important. At this current time in this, in the pandemic that we're living in, they all go out the window, sadly. Um, and uh, like you're saying, you're adapting to the current state of affairs and it's currently saying, okay, um, I used to, I know for you, Mark, you used to go to the gym you know, quite a lot. Yeah. You know, at the moment, can't because it's classified as a high risk area and you can't. But I know we were talking about you going on the bike and different things and thinking of other ways, like you're going out on walks. And it's, I know it's not the same, but it's adapting that said occupation to then build back up to when you go to the gym that it's mm. not. You don't lose that muscle mass. You don't have fatigue. You don't have. So, you know, like you're saying, Faith, it's about, um, you know, using those occupations around you, such as binging on Netflix, reading the books. It's what makes you unique, what makes you um, you. And that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's productive. It's self-care. It's leisure. Those all three occupations that um, you, you we talk about. And you know it, it, it can man- you can you can sometimes cross over all three of them for something that's important to you. Like for you, Mark, the gym is probably productive for you, but it's also self care because it looks after your body. But it's also leisure mm-hmm. because you give you time to think. You know that's what you know you got to think of it in different ways. So it's what's important to you, and that's the main message I want to give off. Is you know like yeah. you know, just continue pushing forward. You know before I started on my journey of um, sobriety, if you like, I didn't think I had perseverance in me, Mm. but I learned that I have, and, you know, perseverance is a good thing. You you know, even if, it it doesn't have to be relatable to addiction or anything, but if you persevere in something that you enjoy, you will get more enjoyment out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Perseverance is the key to everything, Mark. I think in life generally, um, that drive to do something, if it ignites a spark in you and you know brings you, you know, pleasure and obviously you know something, then God, yeah, without a doubt, of course, yeah. You both um, raised a good point earlier. It's mental health awareness week, and. Um, the topic that's massively on their cards, or well, not their cards, but what's been with mental health recently is act of kindness. Be kind to each other. Um, you don't realise what someone else is going through. Walk a mile in their shoes is a very common term that's been used. Have you guys, um, you know, during lockdown, either for yourself or you've seen an act of kindness from others? I know you guys are doing peer mentoring, so I may have stolen thunder from that point of view, but... Um, acts of kindness like i'll speak for myself i'm doing a lot of befriending calls at the moment um with other organizations and um volunteering in my local community group collecting prescription uh, prescription um scripts getting the prescriptions delivering it to people as vulnerable those sort of things um which does impact one their mental health but also improves my overall well-being have you guys seen any of that recently at the moment I've seen a lot, yeah. So um, today, actually, I've had a box of sweets delivered for my neighbours, for my kids. Um, but she did say I can have some as well, so that was even even better. So uh, I put the box in the kitchen, so I'm going to have a look later and see what's in there. Um, I left some flowers um, on my next number one 
on her doorstep because I know that um, she's on her own and she's quite scared to go out and I just left flowers there and I just put, I didn't put my name because I didn't know, I just put in big letters I know she, she's not basically being paid but obviously her eyesight isn't great and I just put from my address, you know, my number in the street. Um, hopefully she's, um, when it's all over, I'll go and, you know, see if she's okay. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen a lot of kindness, even in the street I've seen things. Um, but I had to take a second glance and think in, in normal circumstances that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. I had an act of kindness done to me today. Yeah? Yeah, my favourite coffee shop was open. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> funny. It's quite funny. I was on my walk this morning. Uh, going to the shop and had a message on the phone. We are all in store today from one of the girls who works in Starbucks. So <laughs> I quickly done my little shop and I was like practically running around there to get a bloody to get a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I was having some problems with the with the, the order and thing on my phone. So I was giving you know they I was given one for for free. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, but um, I picked up a baby's dummy the other day. Uh, baby was having a hissy fit outside the shop through a dummy, so I picked it up and gave it to her mother. So that was my my act of kindness, if you like. And um, what have you guys um, experienced um, in regards to the the journey that you've been on in regards to mental health? Um, I know you pay. Go on, speak about your peer mentoring, because otherwise I'm just going to take your thunder. And what I mean by that is that is an act of kindness in itself. I know you you're doing it voluntary, you know, and those sort of things. So explain what you guys do, the pair of you, in your role. You know, I faith, faith Basically? Was, yeah, well, you know. Go on, Mark, you kick off. As, as our, you know, as our group says, you talk, we listen. We just listen. We're a sounding board for people. And if we can, we, we, we all give a bit of advice. <coughs> um, you know, it was a, a few sessions ago before the lockdown, the group were filling, you remember Faith, Faith when yeah. they were filling all the forms out. And, yeah. you know, just giving help there and helping in, you know, it's filling a form out. It might not sound spectacular, but to, to a couple of individuals, it, it was a major thing, like, do you know what I mean? So, you know, we, we just help, basically. Yeah. And the week that we were meant, the week of lockdown, so obviously we locked down, I think something happened on the Friday on the 20th of March. So that week there, we had a good session on addiction, Alex. Um, we got somebody involved. Um, they did some um, good content for us. So I was a bit miffed off because I knew it was a massive issue that we needed to cover. You know, it was, a, it was really good, like a PowerPoint presentation. It was interaction with the... You know the um, participants, and I know Mark and I would have been able to um, give our life, you know, our views on everything. So I think that that's all we do. Literally, I don't see it as anything big. But I, you know, I just think I'm there, hoping to share my experience, and perhaps they are in the midst of it, and then just giving. I think it's just being open about my my life experience. Um, and I, I talk about this in a way that it's like I've been there, I got the T-shirt, okay, but now I want to help somebody else because I don't want nobody to go through what I've gone through kind of way. Um, and that's all I want is, and if it's just that one person, that would be it. I'd be happy with just one person not to have 
you know, and just stop them. I'm not saying stop them, but give them some sort of like, you know, like a sounding board. And and I think when you listen to somebody and let them speak, they kind of, and I know from experience when I've talked to somebody, you kind of listen in a different way when you're talking to somebody. It's, yeah, that's all we do is listen. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's active listening, but don't devalue yourself, guys. You know, I, I know what I've seen in the short time I was there with you. You've you got a massive, powerful stance and status. So well done to you. Now, it has come up with a warning, saying five minutes left of the recording. <laughs> I, I okay. want to that warning now. Um, is there a lasting thing that you want to say about addiction? Um, or don't anything? be afraid to tackle it. Yeah. And if you think you are on the road of something you can't control, just don't be afraid to speak up about mm. anything. Literally, if you think that it's got a grasp on you now and you can't control it now, yeah. then this is the time to act before it controls you. It, so I would say now it's perfectly fine for any plugs you guys want to give for any organisations that you're part of that you think would help. The floor is yours. Yeah, with a with regard to men, uh, mental health, um, if you log on to David Cottrell's foundation, he's on Facebook. He does um, there's some self help programs that um, that he that he does on there. So that would you know that's I would rec I would recommend that. Um, be kind to yourself. If you're having a shit day, have a shit day. Don't put pressure on yourself. You know. At the moment, you know, especially at the moment with this virus and what have you, life is, pretty, you know, is pretty hard and what have you. Just, just keep taking the steps. Just keep, you know, put one foot in front of the other, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is not a weakness; it's a strength. I agree with that completely. Well, yeah, Mark. And uh, you're like the nodding dog, then, Alex. It, it was, it was very true, mate. It was very powerful, actually. Um, <laughs> And um, I know you're part of Women's Aid as well, Faith, are you? I'm not. I am, yeah. So, yeah, I've been involved with um, Cardiff Women's Aid. Um, I um, actively volunteer with Cardiff Women's Aid. <clears throat> and like I said, I'm a Welsh Women's Aid ambassador. So I'm involved with them. Um, again, I'm involved with um, Sure Mental Health in Cardiff. They've given out some very good information and webinars coping with COVID-19. Um, so I'm involved with quite a lot of um, bodies in Cardiff at the moment. So um, it's pretty good. And um, they're all doing amazing stuff, literally. The interaction between, and I've always said this with them, um, the service users in Cardiff, that um, they all need to collaborate. And if they did, it would be the most amazing thing ever because they kind of lap over some things, which is fine because obviously we all want to do the same thing. But if they all collaborated, which is happening, I'm trying to link everybody with everybody, um, and not my own. Obviously, just word of mouth. So people say, you know, network, and I don't. I just talk a lot, as you guys know. Um, and if you talk, then you know, get stuff done, don't I? Yeah, is is just to touch on what you said there. Communication is good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the left hand will know what the right hand is doing, and vice versa. So, the more people communicate, the more. Um, strategies and, and, and programs can be developed to help in the future yeah yeah 
Um, from my point of view, there is um, like Anxiety UK, which is a very good um, charity that's um, surrounding mental health, such as as well as Mind, and um, about another good charity that's surrounding that. Um, but also our long hard partnership and friends with the School of Hard Knocks. Search them on Google, you'll find them. Obviously, at the current moment, their events are currently on pause, like everyone else's, but you're able to engage with them through email and similar with the rest of the stuff that we said. And also we know um, a housing association, a housing association that's close to us, but there are other housing associations that if you're part of, um, that do have social interaction, it might be well worth exploring with them to see what support they have. And that's a good timely plug for Cardiff Community Housing Association who have a range of um, social inclusion um, groups and activities and they would welcome your call to to if you in Cardiff they can access that sort of route of support as well. Um I think yeah, um, sorry Alex I forgot, I forgot to mention inch by inch as well. Yes. Yeah. A very good um charity based mental health yeah. support group. Yeah they're very good and hopefully there's gonna be exciting things to come with them as well. Um so next topic next week is going to be about pressure and resilience. So Get your thinking caps on. Well, uh, then, I'm sorry. Did I? Sorry. It's uh, the is next. That week, yeah, is pressure, pressure and resilience. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, uh, okay. that's an interesting topic. Yeah. So, get your thinking caps yeah. on. Okay. Um, like I've always said before, guys, um, to the podcast listeners, um, there's support out there for you. Samaritans116123 is available to listen at any time. Our email lines are open. Um, I've said before, you know, the big NH podcast at gmail.com. Um, any feedback, questions, if you want to appear on this podcast, it would be lovely to have you on. Um, but don't use that email address for any support because it's not monitored 24-7. Use the links in our bios. Um, and like I said about Samaritans, give them a telephone call if there's any distress happening immediately or if any life-threatening things, it would be 999. Sorry to spill that off. Um, but yes. Uh, we've got exciting things coming up in the podcast itself. Um, obviously, Mark and Faith, they've got another poignant role to play. Um, we're going to continue with the three of us continually discussing our um, opinions. But we have got a special interview that will be coming out. Um, yes. Um, we've got a lot of things exciting come. So please like, subscribe, and give us a rating on your uh, platform. And it would be lovely to see you. But I'll leave Mark to give the final saying that he always does. Yeah, the government pinched it for me, but hey, stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Mark. <laughs>